0: because I think it, together, all of your brands will probably have twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people following um, those pages, um, but they should just be notified right now that, hey, we've gone live. So let's see whether they tune in and pay attention to what we're doing. Um, okay, I think we're live. Live, everybody, welcome to Founders Focus, folks. This is episode 38. Um, this is one of my favorite things to do. Um, a, a reason why is because I'm really interested in having conversations with people that have been so annoyed about the state of recruitment that they've gone ahead and tried to do something about it by creating technology and businesses which are changing the way in which we work and hire today. Um, so today, I, it's my pleasure to invite onto the stage um, two gentlemen who have concluded, I think, one of the the landscape shifting deals in our industry in 2023. Um, it is, of course, the acquisition of Broadbean Technologies by Veritone. Um, and we have got Ryan Steelberg, CEO of Veritone, and Alex Forlis, MD of Broadbean, with us on Founders Focus. So welcome, Ryan and Alex.
1: Nice to meet you, Ryan. Thanks
2: for having uh, look forward to speaking with you today. Great stuff.
0: Uh, let's get straight to it, guys. Um, can you tell us, like... In your own mind, like when did, when did this deal, when, when was it obvious that this deal was going to happen? Um, there's a lot of folks watching this that might think, okay, how does this actually work? You know, is it my people speak to your people? Or is it a case that you just DM'd Alex or something and, and it just went completely bilaterally? Like, how, how did the deal actually start and when did you
2: know it was going to be done? Well, I mean, as you may have touched on in, in a previous episode, you know, vit, you know Veritone has already made you know a material investment in this space you know with you know initially you know over you know year and a half ago with the acquisition of pandalogic um you know really one of the the pioneers um, and leaders in programmatic job based advertising um and and so that you know that that was a, an opportunity um that frankly from from my perspective and veritone's perspective um you know we're always looking at Businesses that are large, right? Uh, opportunities in TAMS that have big scale. Obviously, human-based labor, people looking for jobs, people, you know, being recruited for jobs. It's all of most companies, almost every company's largest expense. It, right? It's big. It's changing. It's messy. There's there's expansion. There's contraction. Um, but it's 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 ripe right for always improvement, disruption, etc. Um, so, we, we, it's the, so the talent acquisition recruitment marketplace opportunity was something that, um, you know, we've been looking at for a long time. Um, PandaLogic happened to check a, a lot of boxes for us initially where the application of what they were doing in recruitment and HR was the output of their AI and programmatic was job-based advertising. We at Veritone have a lot of expertise historically on all things advertising and ad tech related. So for us, this was a, a first great initial kernel of, a, of an opportunity for us to say, boom, find something. We're very strong believers that this is going to be more data driven. We believe that this over time is going to become more programmatic. Um, and obviously that was a, a good, um, a good, um, setup. Well, uh, frankly from a lot of, of us starting to learn about the industry post the acquisition of Pandalogic and listening to a great a lot of our experienced staff, um the opportunity um in introduction to Broadbeam was brought to me. And and when we kind of looked at that opportunity and looked at their installed base, right, their strong presence in EMEA and APAC and other markets where historically with Pandalogic we've been primarily North America. And the fact that they've done such great integrations um, and extensive integrations with all these ATS systems, we really thought, wow, this is the art of the possible, right? If they take our know-how on AI and distributed, scalable, data-driven systems, and I can marry together, right, Broadbean and Panda Logic, I think we really changed the entire game here, right, for a multitude of different constituents, whether it's an enterprise direct or a staffing company, right, the full spectrum. So again, long, we can talk hours about it, but I think you know that this, this, to, this in in my head makes perfect sense. Now it's obviously how these pieces you know correctly come together, and and I'll turn over to Alex and let him speak from his perspective. Yeah. But he kind of he kind of reminds me all the time, Ryan. Ryan, it's not a new idea, right? I have the <laughs> same idea, and and here's here's how we can prove about it. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, this was mine coming from I'll say a core ad tech like AI background into the space. Here, you know, Alex, you're you're, yeah. you're live. You give us a your yeah. opinion.
1: Let's let's satisfy the audience. Yeah, there was at some point the DM and we had a drink at a, you know the rooftop of the hotel with a, you know in uh, Irvine and all that stuff. But uh, the really the you know if you think about it, the last you know I, I walked into Broadbean in, in uh, January 2019, uh, and my first question is what do we do about programmatic, right? The it was obvious, I think, in the last years that uh, with a different pace you know obviously at that, at that time when I said that my I was thinking about the North American market a lot more than I was thinking the European market, and um, it was something that you would see uh, as a natural progression of what we're doing with uh, job posting, right clients asking for more automation and partners and integration, so obviously if you if you want to save time from the uh, the recruiters is posting the job, you look as automating the process, you know, all the way to managing the entire budget and optimizing it programmatically, right? So that was the idea. Um, a couple of years ago, when Career Builder pretty much said, you know, we need to find a new um, uh, owner for Broadbean, it was like the first category of businesses we thought. And interestingly, at that point, we were uh, at the process of like, do we uh, partner? You know, buy or invest in building our own programmatic solution, and so we decided to do like a open call to the market and just talk to different uh, technologies. And um, uh, very interestingly, I was looking like two years uh, old notes of the product manager um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and the feedback that we got it was like this is the best technology out there, um, the the technology that uh, even two years ago like that the team at Panology was building. It was what impressed our product team in terms of like their ability to predict the outcomes and to drive the outcomes for the uh, for the end client so that was our first let's say uh understanding that this would be a great uh, marriage it took a bit more time you know with these processes um we started talking at some point you know last year and then uh, uh, we got like the the great outcome outcome a couple of months ago so um that's it. it. It is a very, very logical uh, coming together of uh, two businesses. We are obviously um, on the broadband side, you know, really interested to grow a lot faster in North America. And, you know, uh, uh, that marriage brings that. We we feel we have a very common culture. We have a lot of complementarity in terms of like we have 3,000 clients globally that will think we will benefit very much um, with a combined portfolio of solutions. Um, and. At the end of the day, yes, we enjoyed that first drink and we enjoy every day working together the last uh, week. So uh, we're there. How important is the chemistry? I mean, I
0: totally get what you're saying. And I think even outside observers can, who know a little bit about Pandome and Broadbean can see the fit, you know, and like, hey, this makes sense. But, but how important would you say is the the personal chemistry between the, like the leadership team? Is that actually significant at this level, or is it a point where actually it just makes so much sense that it doesn't even matter uh, whether you know you you get on or not? We're going to just push through on this. Um, uh, what's your opinion on on that element? I don't necessarily want to locate it in the conversation purely between you guys, but just overall, like. What is the uh well, contribution of that just intangible you know uh, getting alongness is so to speak?
2: All right, I'll go for it. So yeah. you know we, again, Veritone is not just like a holding company, you know, or like a a new version of a private equity company that brought these two together, right? You know, we're an operating company. Um, you know, me personally, you know, I'm I'm very involved in in the operations of a lot of our business units. I mean, the, the HR talent acquisition area um is a is a strong personal interest of mine not just of Veritone's. um so it in in that context yes a lot of these it, it's you know it makes perfect sense on paper and and but culture is everything um hmm. and i think um you know that and, you know and thankfully you know after going through you know a pretty aggressive although you know, alex may think it took a long time but we felt that we moved through this deal transaction relatively quick um you know the more and more time we have to engage with the people directly you know it, it's it's not surprising it's an hr ta- you know talent acquisition business you would expect that their social eq would be higher than like a lot of the tech businesses i've worked with in the past but it's very important right culture is extremely important you know um you know communication is extremely important panda logic you know yes they have a large north american presence but they have a large group in israel and based out of tel aviv right so again you we know, we we've you know we fully appreciate the the opportunity and challenges of of now managing a business that has significant presence north america uk tel aviv right and bringing that all together london ironically is a great hub in terms of a central location as a new cornerstone a little pun intended maybe of what we're of what we, what we're doing here in from a global worldwide presence And we just want to, and we, so there, that's another thing that kind of check the box is we want to follow the sun. We, you know, whether we don't want any customer of any size to not have the same level of opportunity, support across, and and I think this, you know, for many things, but again, it does come down to the people and it's Mm -hmm. been great. You know, Alex has been a great partner to work with and, you know, we're, we're very, very excited, you know, for him to be, you know, staying on and and being a very important leader for us.
1: Yeah. I would say... For us, it's the same. Like one of the three kind of like bullet points I had in the back of my mind when we we're talking with investors was uh, fit. I find it really important. I I started, you know, my, my first business in this space was a job board back in Greece when I was like 20 years old with two of my best mates, right? And because we were probably best mates, we had this saying that, you know, if you want to write history, it was coming from a, a Greek song, um, you need to do it with a great company, right? So. I really believe like if you really want to build a, a business and a, um, a solution for the future, you really have uh, the people to feel that are working very closely together. They need to uh, hit kind of a, a mojo and uh, be able like, to uh, to really move forward. So for me, that was always a really important factor. And I think we, we had that broadband. I think we had the... Uh, we were a bit notorious about that. But as I said, from the first kind of uh, meeting we had with Pando people, we also felt very comfortable that, you know, these are people that we can trust. They're knowledgeable and um, uh, we can work together and we can build uh, uh, great things together.
0: We cannot deny who we are. We are social beings, um, mm-hmm. and businesses are social organizations, right? So when it's literally two tribes coming together, uh, or even multiple tribes, mm-hmm. you are sort of looking at the the global context, as Ryan mentioned. Um, those things, there's going to be like some co- kind of sniff test to begin with. You know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit of look at look and see. So, um, very very important. I think in HR, sometimes we can kind of Try to diminish that because we're a little bit frightened of the concept of bias. We're a little bit frightened of, you know, um, the the non-rational elements of decision making. But I think in reality, a great deal of the things that make uh, a yes, no for us uh, are not necessarily rationally processed. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to be based on intuition um, and it's going to be supported by rational, uh, rational, uh, rationalization. But very rarely are we going to be making great decisions against our instinct. Um, uh, they often sort of uh, turn out to be um, uh, overly rationalized, I think. So uh, it's an interesting to to, to know that that kind of even occurs at the very high level of business operations. And of course, this might occur at the very low level of, you know, to hiring for the first job or whatever it might be. Um, Okay, hard work starts now. So this is integration. I think integration is inherently a nightmare. Like it's one of those things that, okay, this is going to hurt, guys. Um, We just got to grit our teeth and go through it. Um do you sort of did you have in advance some intuition as to what was going to be the toughest part I, I know you're still going through it but what do you think um uh, going into this was going to be the toughest part of bringing the two together so that you could get the synergy um any thoughts on this Ryan let's go to you first
2: well i think you know, at the highest level is you know, this is a company that was owned you know by career builder you know owned by you know apollo group and and, you know, looking and having to inherit, you know, different in systems that this company has been using for. So, I mean, just, we can spend hours talking about this, but keep it separate, Is This is the core systems, right, of getting access to controls of information, right? What's their CRM system? Are they a Salesforce shop? Like what, their financial system? Are they Oracle or are they a homegrown system? So I think, you know, all, all those, um, as, as Alex touched on, you know, we started this dance with Broadbean well over a year ago. So a lot of this due diligence and our exploratory opportunity of how that system is running from a systems and IT perspective, which is a major part, as you can appreciate, for integration, um, we started well over a year ago. Um, so the good news is, thankfully, we're familiar, it just happened to be, with many of their systems. So, you know, and, and obviously as an acquiring-based company, you know, we've done this several times, right? So, you know, so, for, so I think we have a great handle you have to just get a little insight. You have to be committed with dedicated resources, right, to expedite and get you through, right, all, you know, the, the, the integration stuff. So systems themselves can be resolved rel- relatively quickly and mapped. You know, part, a lot of the effort obviously is synergy and integration for consolidated go-to-market roadmaps and, you know, looking at the, what the, the short and longer term org are. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into too, too much detail about those more, you know, proprietary sensitive areas. Um, but, you know, no, it's it's something that I think we're making great progress. We started great progress before, um, you know, obviously with PandaLogic already have done integrative integration work from a technical perspective with probably a long time ago, we're stepping in here really almost hitting the ground running. So we have high expectations to have a, no disruption of quality of service for our existing products or services, um, but we are very maniacally bent on delivering at least aspects of our future integrated vision here as quickly as possible. And obviously for, for a few select partners, some of the next generation generation stuff that I'm really excited to bring with Alex and team to the market opportunity is something that we're excited to talk to partners. We'll we'll talk a little bit about it, but you can probably imagine that data and AI is gonna be a very big part of everything we do. And Mm -hmm. I I think we're just scratching the surface of of what the art of the possible is together. So um, those are just a little bit of insights on integration. Um, Alex, you you can touch on that from your perspective as frankly being owned by CareerBuilder as a subsidiary, and it's a whole different perspective
1: i think it's it's managing the pace as so like the 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 expectation both on the on the market and also on our own employees is that we will have to move you know we can move now extremely fast right but at the same time we have to keep two things in mind that you know you need to have all these systems integration uh happening yeah. uh, on the back end and we are also um we have to be careful because we have to be really focused there's um the market situation out there for you know the equipment industry is not a no, the best, uh, it's not, um, you know, if we, if we think about 18 months ago, there was so much demand that you could say, okay, even if I don't focus on the right thing, on the right, you know, solution and the right opportunity, I will still grow very fast. We want to to grow out of the gates, uh, but, you know, given where the market is today would we'll say, you know, uh, there's scrutiny on budgets, on proving ROI, on, on getting the best possible value to the client, we have to be really focused on, making sure that we continue the integration, but also uh, choose the one, two, three priority solutions that will really uh, do the work for the clients. And I think that's the, the difficulty here, yeah, that you can get super excited and you can like, dive into all the, like, the 50 different opportunities and ideas that everybody brings to the table in a situation like this. Uh, but it's a, it's a moment in time where we have to be super focused do the basics right and, uh, and grow out of them.
0: And that's actually one of the key kind of um, jobs of leaders, isn't it the, the ability to say no, like take stuff off the table is not a, like a, a classic Steve Jobsian kind of uh, kind of approach, isn't it like it's very easy to say yes, because there's lots of great smart people are coming up with great ideas that yes, you mm. should be doing. However, you don't have finite capacity, you don't have finite time. So you have to mm. say no um to things that basically you don't you cannot prioritize is it's similar to saying look, how many priorities do you have if you have more than one it's not a priority you haven't made a decision so you know what is the the thing that you have to commit to and yet you have to execute um very very good um always culturally uh uh di- difficult sometimes challenging when big change happens positive or negative um how did you handle the communication aspect of it um, because we we all know that obviously you need to have you know a uh, a confidential uh, sort of a process all the way to the very end. There's going to be a few surprises to the team. They're going to think, oh wow, wow, why didn't I know about this? Um, how did you handle the the comms on that? Is there a best practice you, you could share and say, you know what, uh, this is the thing that went well, and you know maybe that could have went better. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I guess directed more towards Alex on this one. Uh,
1: yeah, I think. To be honest, the, uh, we had a great um, understanding, you know, at that point that we don't need to rush the communication, right? We understand that uh, um, this will be really exciting, that team at Sveiton are experts, really. You know, they have their own agency on the other side of the business. They are one of the premier experts in media and entertainment, um, and not just the technology side, but the actual like, the running of those uh, businesses. So we had great guidance from them on that. So I think. That wasn't particularly difficult for yeah, obviously there's like uh, um, everybody's like uh, looking forward to to get uh, uh, get ahead, but it's a public business it's in, in NASDAq, so we have to follow the process right but for us I don't think that was like a particularly difficult uh, point to adjust um, so like if you have something interesting to say, I think that, as you mentioned since the very beginning, this is a very interesting story for the market there's a lot of uh, people coming at you, um, as soon as we made the announcement, um, uh, we could see you know, from the questions we are receiving from clients, you know, when, very interesting, when we announced at the broadband level, I was on the other side, the Builder side, it was damage control, the first announcement, because it was a, a job board owning a business in this sector, there was a lot of fear of how the market will react, the clients may object, other job boards might drop out. It created like a um the communication we had to do at that point in time was defensive. Here, I think there was so much interest and that so much positive reaction um that it wasn't really a difficult um, yeah. thing to accomplish.
2: I, I think the I, only thing I would add is just, you know, on a internal tactical comms, you know, less is better in terms of people in the know, obviously, right? Yeah. And, and this one we had the luxury is you know you we were able to still advance so much of the of the discussions on like discovery because we are business partners and technology mm. partners already we were already working together, so you could always as we're advancing strategic discussions, you could offset a lot of the proprietary stuff under the guys that were a technical integrated partner mm. that, that's something that is not always it's it, it, it presented itself as in this opportunity it's not always the case in other transactions. Yeah. Second thing is I think in Alex's team and their comms and marketing team and the Baritone team and the PandaLogic team did a fantastic job of making sure, um, you know, we were all, you know, fully equipped with the appropriate messaging comms right in the right sequence, just that extra effort of timing. And you can imagine, and you can, you're, you, you touched on it cause you, you've obviously talked to other people about this, but. Our teams love it when we tell them, oh, it's being moved up two days or it's being moved back three days. Right. In terms of the messaging. But again, I think just being, you know, we're, we but part of the culture and it kind of ties to comms is, um, you know, at, at times, you know, Alex is in this his you know personality disposition on the same way. We're pretty transparent and frank. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and at times you have to govern that as a public company executive. But I think that mindset when you're communicating to your staff. Um, also has a big benefit so again i think the combination of everything alex went through and just the intimacy of how we were working together already afforded us the opportunity to keep this under wraps hmm. even with the chat and cheese guys out there like pounding doors and <laughs> chat and them,
0: cheese a plug. throwing chat and and cheese everywhere they everywhere i saw those guys last week and obviously they were they were, they were a disgrace as usual um, yeah, right,
2: I, I believe them. that was a wreck fest right that was a the interesting derivative of Coachella.
0: That's right. You know what, Ryan? Next time we need to see you there um, because I think you'd enjoy it a great deal, as well as you, Alex. Um, but yes, it's it's basically the the UK version of Coachella in recruiting. And, in fact, coming to the United States later this year. We're, uh, breakfast is happening in Nashville, I believe. Um, mm. uh, so that's happening in September. Chad and Cheese will be there, of course. So if you want to shake their hand or, or, or throttle them, uh, <laughs> you can do it. Uh, you can do it on the, uh, the 14th of September in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, okay. Um, let's... Sort of zoom out a little bit into the marketplace. Um, it's been a tremendously uh, uh, disruptive couple of years. Poly crisis is the term, right? We've seen all kinds of crazy things happen. I, I, don't, I think if we all looked at it, uh, 2019 onwards, we think, yeah, sure, uh, change is normal, but none of us would have predicted the sort of change, the, the, mm. the level of change that we've seen run across the globe really changing um, how companies think and operate and individuals, their relationship to work, their relationship to companies and so on. Um, what do you see as uh, sort of the the, the, the the wider trends that are going to impact how companies think about hiring? So for instance, um, both Pando and Broadbean uh, operate primarily with jobs that I would say are what full-time jobs, that's the traditional way in which you post a job. Now we're seeing part-time stuff. We're seeing uh, fractional working happening. We're seeing, oh, everyone's a gig worker. Is that bleeding into your thinking in terms of building product now? Like, Are you trying to think, okay, maybe the future work does look fundamentally different from what we we're used to before. We, we kind of need to put products around this and make sure that we're kind of on trend with how people want want to be working and maybe how companies want to be operating with uh, with individuals uh, any thoughts
1: on this yeah i'd say there's definitely uh, considerations around this right we were uh we're integrating with a lot of ATS and crm systems and now you know we start thinking okay there's now vms systems there's all these like new platforms and mm, i wouldn't call them publishers because they're not really publishers; they're marketplaces of um uh, temp and contract work and how do you approach this on on our side so yeah there's definitely um a thought process like that we need to start looking at those opportunities remote completely you know change at some point how we would view location you know around the jobs and how, how do you advertise a job which is like ubiquitous, right? Where, where do you put it in front of an audience? Like, you know, is it a global location? Is it a European location? Even, you know, within the UK, you could see a job um, posted in, you know, 10 different, like, uh, local markets. So it creates new uh, problems, but it also creates new opportunities. And at the end of the day, I think it expands the market, right? I, uh, I think what we've seen um, with that is, um, and it's and the first time we see that, like, we are, in a process of a, a economic recession, but there's still a, a completely different like uh, movement of the labor market. We're still seeing, you know, pockets of the labor market, market with very strong demand. Um, we are seeing um, um, we, we've had the uh, the for the first time the the word decoupling of the labor market from the economic situation. Right, so. Uh, Definitely, it affects how we think. We start looking at new solutions when it comes to uh, to tap and contract work. We are we were on the broadband side already doing a lot of work around that, Um, so it's not uh, something that um, we are completely um, agnostic about. uh, But uh, uh, definitely, the future—it's—it's—it seems it's here to stay, right? Uh, I cannot see all those marketplaces, the investment. the amount of investment of companies on like uh, becoming a lot more flexible when uh, looking at their labor base that that won't change that's here to stay for good so we need to also adjust the systems and processes to it
0: yeah and, and stuff like location is not like a trivial thing um i mean that broke a lot of job boards didn't it because it, it was one of the key sort of ways in which we mapped a, a job to uh, an opportunity to, to an individual was hey where are these people based what does it mean when it work, When the guy says we will remote, work anywhere. Uh, yeah, this, does he re- does he really mean that? Um, you know, uh,
1: sorry, Alex, you say. Yeah, and just sorry, an example of how it affects, like even our day to day work. Right, we're building feeds with you know seven thousand job boards across the world. There was at some point that we were getting almost you know uh, ten, fifteen feed updates you know every month, which was just job boards incorporating the remote option in their. Uh, APIs in the feeds and you have to rewrite the whole thing and then you, you know you need to educate the user which might not be a user in broadband it might be a user in bullhorn or um, in a workday of how to use now the new capability because you know one publisher linkedin at some point changed the way they approached remote posting right so it definitely creates um, a lot of uh, new challenges but uh, it was something that we, because of our uh, expertise and that stuff we it was something we we're able to to adapt and even guide other publishers of how to to do it um, and uh, guide like our users of how to approach
0: yeah and this is i think where programmatic is actually going to be very significant because it takes away a lot of the work from a human being that tried to figure it all out um, I, I mean, it's it's amazing that programmatic is still like fairly underdeveloped in in uh, outside of the North America. I think there's definitely a big gap. Maybe uh, you you speak to people in the Emir sector, and yeah, programmatic is still you know pretty much a niche niche play. It's like yes, we, it's an honor to do. We were looking to investigate this, and it's like it's been around for a couple of years, folks. Uh, you know, it's like uh, some obvious benefits to this. Um, Ryan. Over to you on programmatic. Why do you think there is that lag? I mean, we always like to say, you know, U.S. is ahead, but this, that, and the other. Um, Okay, great. Um, But should it be lagging this far? I mean, what's your interpretation as to why the take-up is so different between those two marketplaces?
2: Yeah. You know, I I think it all comes down to commitment to become a true, and this is not a negative slide on certain markets, but a a pure data-driven company. Right. And if data is the lifeblood of AI, if data is the lifeblood of programmatic, by default, if, if groups are, let's say, still committing to manual distributed means of recruiting, where you have thousands of recruiters, right, who are partitioning a small budget and that whole apparatus is not centralized, right, the data feeds are called, you know, sensor data. Like what's what ads are being responded to, and that's being centralized. You, you you can't sprint to programmatic until you've committed to have a more integrated data centric approach. Um, and and just some different companies have you know are just you know have are in different journey, you know, periods of the journey to become a more digital right data driven organization. Um, and so obviously in in U.S. and North America and other areas you know, and, and I'll say this kind of followed in the programmatic display advertising market in the day, right, that you're seeing that just ahead. The second thing why there's been a lag is we're in a frothy market for a while, right? You don't have, when things are just like always up and it's just a relative of growth and there's so much hiring and, you know, you know, you don't, net, it's a, it's not always an impetus of change, right? Um, when you saw a huge spike um, for, in, in the display market as a crude analogy, when the market crashed in 08, 09 and budgets got crushed, right? People still needed to spend and acquire customers. And so you saw a unique step function growth of programmatic. We all know of, and we can read in the press about the reductions in, in talent acquisition and recruiting forces at companies, right? They're expecting a contraction. And so they, so it's not like their companies are not gonna continue to hire. Even if they're just having to be more efficient on backfilling mm-hmm. employees who have left or have been terminated, that, you know, that still needs to be organized and they have to be doing it more cost effectively. So I think now you're going to see by default is programmatic has been proven that it could fill jobs. And particularly when you talk about the, the, these complexities of part time jobs, right, where there's an immediate time to fill um, it's inconceivable that humans, pure human effort can be able to manage this type of complexity and workload. So, um, again, I think that you're going to see these markets catch up a lot, a lot faster and see an accelerate growth of programmatic, not just here in ME and APAC and around the world, but even on an accelerated basis, even in the United States and North America.
0: Very interesting observation, Ryan. So what you're saying is basically, I mean, I think we're we're all aware that there's been a lot of reduction in force um, from uh, typically technology companies, but other businesses of of, of that type as well. Um, And the TA functions, the internal recruitment functions, of course, have been, you know, widely exposed by that. Um, I mean, even to the point where... Mark Zuckerberg made it a bullet point in his first announcement. To, I say, hey, it's going to hit TA more than anybody else. So we know this is a big deal. Now, what, what is going to happen is basically you're going to have much skinnier TA departments that will need to lean more heavily on technology hmm. because guess what? You can't just throw 100 more recruiters at this. Um, we need to think about how can 10 recruiters do the job of a larger number and more efficiently. And of course, um, uh, both Broadbean and uh, Pando, um, uh, would provide uh, that on the uh, ad uh, side of it. Um, and adverts should actually work more effectively, right? In, in a market where there's more candidates, I guess. Or, you know, would you say that's also the case that you know we, we went through a big like era of sourcing only, you know, if you remember. You know, again, we went back to 2019. It was like, hey, you, you can only ever, ever get a good candidate if you headhunt them or whatever. Anything through ads was, you know, uh, average mediocre person. Um, but now we've sw- swung back to the point where actually ads seem to be a very efficient way to generate candidates. So perhaps we, f- we swing back in terms of our focus and spend more of our... Uh, remaining budget away from sourcing and into the, the ad side of it. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Do you think the ads are more effective due to the market conditions and candidates are being a little bit more active than they were a couple of years or so ago?
1: Yeah, we can see like, even from our uh, you know, average um, numbers of candidates per job across the UK, that like, there are more candidates in the market. The last three quarters consistently, uh, a return of that. Uh, slightly now uh larger number of candidates, not still at you know kind of pre COVID levels, but they definitely that plays a part, right? Yeah if you have the traffic and if you can find the people um that plays a, a part in the performance of the ads. I think the whole ecosystem is also becoming more mature. We have seen, you know, four years ago if you asked how many big publishers in the UK would have a similar offering um uh, of uh, pay for performance or um uh, you know, having a, the, the way to, to really make those ads work didn't exist. Now we are seeing more and more publishers like being ready to adopt the model as well, right? So I think the combination of those forces, the uh, recruiters um, have to do more with less, um, with the budget. And uh, the, the publishers that are a lot more open to that, they're not really kind of like super protective about their uh, legacy business model. It helps, and you know we create uh, the the demand in the market, and you see the, the that service approach grow
2: yeah, I mean I' just add you know tech technology and obviously with job boards getting more sophisticated you know ability to look at dynamic dynamic ad job copy right enhanced targeting, you know, all these things have just are perpetual right in refinements and improvements, just like you've seen in other forms of advertising. You still have to have the right message in front of the right individual at the right time, right, get them engaged. Um, and there's just a trust factor, too. I think people who are job seekers, right, they're having, you know, trust in these job boards. And so I think it's just a, it's a combination of a, of a multitude of different factors. Um, and, I, and again, I, I, I agree it's going to continue to accelerate. And advertising, you know, and, and adverts will be, again, a, a very material and it's going to be a mainstay for the foreseeable future for acquisition.
0: Yeah, very interesting. As we're talking about ads, Ryan, I'm probably going to lean into you a little bit on the next question. Um, obviously, the, 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 the technology story over the last seven, six, seven, eight months or so has been the rise of generative uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and, and that's been astonishing, I think, to anybody who's played with it. Um, there is kind of a, a deeper a theory. Um, that because generative AI may um, may change the way in which people consume information, um, it may take people away from websites um, because th- th- you can consume it based on the generated uh, copy produced by whatever you're looking at in the first instance. So, for instance, if you look at... Um, Google was a generative search or something they're saying, a Google primary sort of, uh, uh, uh to the internet for most people, they're now going to generate you the information rather than point you to a list of blue links. Um, doesn't that sort of pose a significant threat to ads in general, Ryan? What's, what's your take on that? And you know, when you're speaking to your ad tech uh, buddies, uh, in industry, what's your view on, I guess, the wider threat of generative AI to, uh, ads in general?
2: Oh, oh, sorry. My screen went dark a little bit. Almost had a heart attack there. <laughs> um, Ryan, you know, by the way, good. is balancing. Not, his, you know, and, you know, I'll try to do a succinct version of that answer. Um, you know, the, the ad tech industry, you know, has you know again as one of the primary pillars and impetus for advancement of AI. Right, Google. Right, the main financial mechanism. Right, and You know, element of that is advertising. Right. We this industry, the ad industry, which is going to be an inclusive job, went through a cataclysmic change when we went from the desktop to the mobile phone. Right, you lost screen real estate. Banner ads went the way of the dodo. Right, and you started to see a whole different multitude. So, point one is, you know, you know, having been, you know, in that industry since, you know, since 1994, going through these periods of time where there's a, a fundamental shift. Of right the people are still there, the audience is still there, but the distribution format has radically changed um, let's just say the industry it brilliantly finds a way right, and so what you 're seeing here is the transformation from search to natural language right creates a, a very daunting task. Google brilliantly is efficient when you when you combine adwords and legacy adsense right that the the ability to buy at scale and real time programmatic bidding on a search. That makes a lot of sense when it's a structured search result, right? The way we look at a search result on Google. When that turns into a conversation, right, how are they going to engage and embed the advertising? So, you know, orthogonally to all the display, native-based advertising has been on the rise, right? This is incorporating, right, advertising and adverts with and into a call, the content or the conversation and that's been a very growing, and, and Google and a lot of these people who have, you know, have some of the brightest minds out there, you know, they, let's just say, um, are well ahead of understanding this transformative shift, right? Um, so, is there going to be a, a change of behavior of how we search and query for information? Absolutely. Of, uh, appropriately, there will be, and some groups will be better than others, right? There will be, you know, partners and technologies and platforms that really are ahead of the curve on how they are going to incorporate brand advertising, recruitment, advertising, and sponsorship within into this, this transformation. So again, it's, it will change the amount like what we think is of the amount of advertising perception may change. It's just, but just think it'll be an evolving form of sponsorship and engagement. Right. And we see it right now. I mean, you and I will listen to great podcast, this one included, right. I can start doing a promotion for hello fresh, right. Conveniently in this, and arguably that will potentially be more effective than this banner ad that goes across us right now. So it, it will evolve. Um, but, if, but absolutely, you're going to see complete disruption. And some companies are frankly become obsolete because they don't know how to take advantage of the, the transformation and delivery into natural language from a search result. Yeah.
1: yeah. And for me, they, I would say like they, the, interesting thing is I, I just feel very comfortable because, uh, I know that tone and, uh, Um, The the other groups in the company are so much intertwined of what's happening in ad tech in general. And, you know, we all know uh, rec ad tech is a little bit further behind. So a lot of the things that I'm seeing like the teams uh, doing, you know, it's kind of blows my mind. Okay, how can we bring these uh, things into uh, rec um, ad space? We still have, you know, a lot to go. Yeah, the delivery of the content might change eventually at some point and it'd be more like kind of, um, you know, podcasting or influencer marketing and we're gonna have people like, you know, really using video and, and other means to um, to change the format of the ads. Um, but the great thing is like, because we are now part of uh, of a group that uh, is at the forefront of all this on the on the ad tech space, we can pick and choose and, and use the, uh, the things that we think are applied to equipment technology better and uh, and work on that
0: yeah I think that 's absolutely the, ca- the case isn 't it where you 've got um i think my screen went black as well at the same time right i think it 's simply power saving isn 't it it it's essentially Ryan and I are very concerned with the environment. So we've got a 15-minute stop <laughs> on, on, on our screen. So if we don't move our cursor, um, it goes black and gives us a shock. Um, but okay, listen, let's, let's uh, sort of bring this, uh, this one home. One of the reasons I think people would like to watch and listen to founders' focus is because they do have ambitions themselves at one point. Maybe to set up a business. Maybe they want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe they're working at this point as just an employee, but they've got ambitions to take leadership at some, some stage. Um, let's have a think about those folks and see whether we can address some of the, 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 the questions that they might ask. Um, in your journey as a professional in the industry, um, what sorts of things do you think have been most important? Uh, for you to have got to the position that you've got to. Um, Can you point to any kind of behaviors that you've learned over time to think, you know what, Um, I can lean on this because it's proven to work for me. Um, And no matter what happens going forward, this is the thing that's going to continue uh, to to put me in the right place. Um, Let's go with you uh, firstly on that one, Ryan. You know,
2: naivety at times is great. Right. Having, you know, be able to forget your, your failures, you know, in terms of not stressing about them and, and being able to move on. I mean, there's all these critical components of being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I mean, you know, you know, thankfully, you know, transitioning from, you know, going to med school, you know, plan at UCLA to thank God the internet came along and started, you know, our first ad tech company in 1994. You know yes, it's the right time and the right opportunity, and you know we were you know able to get onto you know the early stages of a rocket ship right of a transformative technology stack um, but you know we you know I, I think fundamentally is you know you have to have obviously pick a right category and an opportunity that's big enough like what's your what's your vision of building something? is the market size big enough that you put all this effort in? And if you're somewhat marginally successful, there's a decent size, you know, addressable market. So I think that's a lot of people just need to think about. Are you trying to build something as a niche play and just sell it in six months and fit into a larger organization? Or are you really trying to go for it and, and be a, you know be in, you know, make a dent in the universe? I um there's a million things we could talk about, but I think my luxury is you know, for every early business, my brother has been my business partner, right? So if you talk about trust and culture. I mean, it's hard out there, right? You know, give me four people, you know, one brilliant coder, right? A brilliant marketer and, and people I trust and let's go in a foxhole and kill it because it's hard out there, right? I mean, everybody's going to get punched in the gut. We're all getting punched in the gut right now. We're having like the, you know, the market is, you know, is really kicking everybody in the teeth right now and trying to figure itself out. And I think ultimately is, you know, not just having perseverance yourself, but do you have the right team that you can continue to trust on? And have that discipline, right, and conviction to get to get through it. Um, I'll, I'll end it, and I want to hear what Alex has to say. Actually, as much as I, I can blabber on forever, but the one thing I would add is you you said something earlier, hung about like instinct at times. Mm-hmm. So, meaning you know, at times you don't have all in the empirical data to make. There's always a gap, right, when you're trying to make a decision on many on many things. It, this is a prime example of this industry. There's lots of change. Right, so there's consolidation, companies buying and selling, the industry's changing. You have to make predictions at some point in your vision, right, of your roadmap. And so that part of that is, again, with a with a, a good team, is you you can obviously listen to your customers and can con- can continue to iterate fast on what exactly they need or looking for. But for us as entrepreneurs who are in the industry we have to make predictions. We have to have some vision, our own proprietary vision of where the puck is going. And so I think that, that skill set of a couple of those different variables um, are, are, are critical. And, and, and thankfully when I'm coming into this, I'm not a subject matter expert in HR and ta- you know, talent recruiting, right? I'm, I'm, I quickly have to you know, use our expertise and marry that up with Alex and, the, and Modi and the rest of the Israeli team and our, our whole zeitgeist of opportunity. And, but I think that you know, that's just another pillar is having the confidence to m- make a prediction and go go out and try to capture something and create or capture where the market is going, not just trying to catch up and be quick iterative. Alex, what yeah. do you think?
1: Uh, I think you pretty much covered almost everything I, I had to say. You talked about you know, uh, resilience, you talked about vision and like having a, a big enough target and uh, having a team. So the only thing that I would add um to that is um, i think always at the back of my mind you know every uh, every time i walk into a meeting with a client like we need to provide value right at the end of the day the client buys our solution to to get the best possible candidate at the best possible price or that you know uh, at the right time right so and that's the same approach in everything right so if i provide value in my role today or, you know, in my role, when I built that first job board back 20 years, and then, you know, I had to sell it and then I had to find a way that I would be valuable to my clients, to my partners, to, uh, to my team. And I think that's the, um, that's something that, you know, I always remind myself, right. What I'm doing that does it add value. Um, uh, the other day, you know, Ryan made a joke in, in a meeting, you know, it was somebody sitting at the back of the, of the room and, uh, made a comment, you know, uh for like two seconds and he said like now that added value that was like uh you know uh, we all laughed but that's the reality like we at the end of the day you know the clients will come to our um to our business because we will help them get the right candidates at the right time right and you know, we have to do that apply that same uh, um, logic in everything even you know parenting and business and uh, life
0: yeah. You need a North star. I think that this is the Simon Sinek thing, isn't it? Like you just got to understand sometimes, obviously when you're in the minutiae of the strategy mm-hmm. or you're implementing something and what have you, obviously there's little things that you have to do, but you have to look up now and again, to just figure out whether you're still aligned with what that North star mm-hmm. is. Cause you might end up executing perfectly in a slightly di in the direction that you didn't want to go. Um, mm-hmm. cause that was the optimal way to, to, to do the execution. Keep like, Occasionally, You've got to keep looking up uh, at, at where the, that North Star is to reorientate and make sure you're, you're, you're on plan. Um, Ryan, you mentioned team. I, I, I love that. Because, and, and for the folks that are out there that may be you know, doing solopreneur and what have you, team might also involve like, people that are around you. They don't necessarily need to be individuals that are in the business. It could be your partner. It could be your, your family. It could be your friends. It could be whatever. It could be the guy who cuts your hair. You know, Whatever it is, someone who's, who's got your back that you can bounce ideas off and can can kind of get into your conversation. So you're not just sitting totally by yourself trying to figure it all out because I think that's the worst place for any entrepreneur to be. Um, you have to be open uh, uh, to, to all kinds of inputs and have a trust group uh, that can really tell you what you need to hear. Um, because you know there's a bunch of people below that that are gonna tell you what they, they think you wanna hear. And that's not information that's gonna be very valuable to you on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, Okay, folks, we've got 10 minutes left. So let's just talk about, swing us back to what's going to happen for Broadbean and Pando customers for 2023. Um, maybe a bunch of people are sitting there thinking, hey, I've got a Broadbean account. I've got a Pando account or whatever. Uh, I haven't heard nothing in terms of what I'm getting. What can you tell them um, that they're going to be expecting in the next six months? And then let's project out next 12 months. Uh, what kind of things might they expect? Uh, Ryan. <clears throat>
2: um... The obvious one is, you know, we want to make it easier um, for our clients, the and Incock clients to fully embrace and understand the opportunity of programmatic, right? And we want to take that to an entirely new level, right? We want to help not replace, but bring again, supercharge and, and, and super empower recruiters and, you know, the, the, the tens of thousands of, of monthly recruiters that Broadbeam users use it's to get that powerful tool in their hands so they can start understanding the real immediate um, documented and roi benefits of programmatic um and they can do it in conjunction with traditional posting right um so that that is an obvious one i think the byproduct the other things that you're going to see over time um, is is a, a, an expanding commitment to more enhanced data opportunities so people can Across the entire spectrum of our portfolio products, they can start to connect these different signals, right? Be, you know, truly marry the data and signals that are being produced through programmatic with Pando, through um, through Broadbean, obviously through some partner ATSs. You know, data is gold, and but but data in in disparate silos at times is worthless. So you're also going to see over time, um, our partners are going to take advantage of a, a, just I say a radically enhanced. View of of integrated and organized data that can be actioned upon. What's working? What's not working? What do I need to change immediately? Um, and I think that 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 um, that that's a common one. Um, and 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 then you're just going to see, uh, you know, again, just we, we ta- kind of touched on about it and about customer support. These are great businesses. They have killer products. We're not going to want to try to do radically anything new. We want to put our customers at ease that the whole world's not going to change here overnight meaning mean, and, and, and what they love so much is going to be a radical change in usability in the UI, if we you know, we just want to, you know, again, we want to, sh- you know, shore up, you know, the classic service opportunities. I mean, the whole world's not changing, you know, in brilliantly fast. So we want to make sure that people feel empowered and confident that, that nothing radically is going to change. We at, at, over time are going to be introducing powerful new solutions. Um, but there's going to be consistency, and that consistency of support that's always going to be there. And that, frankly, that's the mantra of Alex and the whole team here. Is you know they they got a great working you know product. People love it. Lots of people use it. You know this is a this is a transition. It's not going to be a binary switch. Alex.
1: Yeah, I would say we perfectly said that we in the initial uh obvious benefit would be incorporating you know giving the clients the option right as we said like we, we talked about this journey from uh, manually posting to uh, auto posting to um, the programmatic we want to give uh, the clients as soon as possible that, that option uh, to make the decision of like how do they want to uh, spend their money and get the candidates as soon as possible then i think the the second important thing using all the expertise around data and ai is visibility down funnel right we, we we're talking about it for so long. We have the integrations with the ATS. We really need to work with clients, connect the dots with them uh, in terms of data, to be able to start not just show them the ROI in um, in the real terms they understand. You know, hire or uh, first um, first day start or you know any, any kind of signal that would prove the ROI, but at the same time use the signals that are important to drive um, the optimization. Uh, of the strategy as well, right? So there are signals that are going to be used um, down funnel that will be reporting back to the CEO why this thing makes sense. And there will be signals that will uh, just talk to the algorithm and uh, improve the distribution of the budget, right? So that's, the I think, are the holy grail for us and, uh, and our clients. And then from then on, I think there's going to be a lot more ideas that a lot of us cannot even predict today about Going beyond, you know, the typical channels uh, potentially in the future, and um, beyond the, the the typical content that today is, a, you know, a text ad at some point.
0: You know what? Improve the distribution of the budget, guys. Um, mm-hmm. That's the the killer line. Um, so if you're sitting there as a broad customer, a panel customer, whatever it might be, uh, you might expect improved distribution. Uh, of the money that you have that's got to be news to your ears great news to your ears and to be honest with you again that's the you know fundamental value prop of programmatic is yeah. going to be that so i think generally speaking the market is is going to be very welcoming of the of, of the news that we've heard from you guys um because um uh, you know we do need to, to to be more efficient with our ad spend um and i think this will certainly um enable uh, many many people to do it um i did say at the beginning of our conversation in the green room guys there's not going to be any gotcha questions that wasn't entirely true there is a, a gotcha question so get ready uh you two um broad bean very much love brand everyone thinks oh my goodness what's happening to the bean um are you gonna get rid of the bean guys what's 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 the thoughts on this um and i know marketing is sitting there thinking yes that's what we're gonna do Well, what is the word from the top um is the bean gonna go
2: (coughs) wow that is a great one put me on the spot um (laughs) These are these are well-established brands that have great brand loyalty. Um, however, over time, right as we're looking at a more integrated, holistic system, um, you, you can point to very successful um, opportunities. What that that Salesforce has done in the past, that SAP has done in the past, where they've made acquisitions to equally very loyal brands that they've acquired. But over time, as they consolidated that plan into the CRM global vision, and obviously Salesforce is much more than a CRM platform today, um, they've shown very effectively how you can consolidate brands over time, you know, under a a common right name. So, again, immediate short term, you know, the the wonderful broadbeam name and and even Panda is still here. It's been a year and a half. But you can appreciate for our customers as we add more functionality and feature sets, um, we don't want it to become confusing or overly complex for our customers, right? um, Over time, so I would say, Little Telegraph, at some point in the future, you will start to see more brand consolidation. Um, And again, you know, you know, a lot of people are going to be now they're upset about that. What I'm saying is, is that great. We'll have more consolidated marketing dollars to try to improve our products, right? To offset. But again, no. This is a this is going from a house potentially a brand to a branded house, um, and that does take time. And um, but to be clear, most consistently those strategies have worked long term. So again, I'm, I'm copying a few successful playbooks. We've done it a few times in the past. Um, but again, this is not going to be overnight. So for you know, buy your T-shirts while they be, before they become too vintage.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say hundred percent. I agree. Like. Yeah, there's definitely the, uh, you know, the sentiment, but there's also like, if we see, uh, even like your common friends at Candidate IO or, you know, opening, you know, when they go together with iSIMS, at some point, if you are a big brand in this space and you want to make like a, a bigger brand and uh, invest in your brand and your clients, uh, you have to make that decision. Otherwise we will end up, you know, and, and I saw this problem in the past, to be honest with Caribuilder, builder, that, that we try to do a house of brands. It's not, we're not selling, you know, luxury items, right. Um, it's very difficult. And if we see all the big brands in our space, the Workdays, the LinkedIn's, the, you know, the Indeed's, they all do the same thing, you know, serve one brand. Like we, if you spread to thin, um, it's getting difficult. So, um, I 100% agree that that's the future.
0: No. Um, So there's the word, guys. Get your beanie t-shirts, get your beanies. Um, They're going to be vintage and worth something. Someone should set up a shop, by the way. I'm sure that's going to be something that's uh, a decent sideline. Decent side gig for somebody. Um, okay, we are coming to the end of the show. So thank you so much to uh, Ryan Spielberg, Alex police It's been fascinating having a conversation with you two. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and having that conversation. Um, I need to finish with a final question. Um, what busy stuff are you going to do after this conversation? Um, what's on the, on, on the cards for... Uh, uh the ceo of veritone and the md of uh of of, of propane this afternoon
2: well i'm going home eventually so i got to go back to the california you know veritone does have a couple other big verticals right <laughs> government legal and compliance and so i gotta get, I gotta say like at some point i gotta get back to my day job of, of overall veritone but you know that would be my my big agenda um but to be very clear, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm excited, you know, we, ex, we expect a lot right out of this new division and, um, you know, an Alex and team, you know, we're, we're excited to be working with. Um, so it's just, it's, again, it's supporting their efforts, being involved in, in, again, in, you know, in, in the, uh, the hole with them and, and trying to, you know, quickly work through these integration things because, you know, we want to go, I'm, you know, I'm, we're hyper competitive and I got a lot of energy and we, we want to go fast. So, you know, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, roll up our sleeves and service our company's customers best we can.
1: Yeah. we Actually, we're just going on, a are meeting some of our ITS partners, and I think that's crucial and uh, that I always keep in mind that, yeah, we, we won't be lost in integration planning. We have to work on our roadmap heavily, but everything has to be influenced by clients and partners, right? So we continue meeting, hopefully every afternoon, our clients and partners. And, uh, you know, they, are, they, they should hold us um, true to our word here and what we need to deliver. And uh, they should give us like ideas of how we can do it even better. So, as I said, like we'll, uh, we'll be part and we'll have the community kind of help us drive the, um, the course over the next weeks and months.
0: Fantastic stuff. Um, Ryan, Alex, let me let you go. Thank you so much for your time. Folks, that was Founders Focus. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, This will also be out as as an episode of the Recruiting Brain Food podcast, um, so you can replay it back at your leisure. Um, Ryan and Alex, thank you so much for your time. Uh, That's it. Um, We'll see you Mm -hmm. next time.
1: See you soon. Bye, Matt. Cool. Wasn't that great, everybody?
0: I think so. Um, what a fantastic show that was! Um, uh,
1: make sure that you follow the channel, um, uh, uh, sort of uh, on Crowd.